0: Hello and welcome to Feed Play Love and this episode of Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. We are here to answer your questions, or rather, Chris is here to answer your questions. She has over 30 years of experience helping parents overcome the challenges that can arise when you have uh, babies and small children. So, if you have any questions about sleep routines, feeding, Uh, perhaps you have more than one child and you're trying to coordinate different things like sleeping at uh, day sleeps i know that was a big challenge for me with my children the way to ask your questions is to if you're joining us live via facebook pop them beneath the video here or if you're listening to listening to us via the podcast you can send your questions to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au and we will get to them next week chris minogue welcome how are you I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. Now let's get on to you helping some folks here. Our first question comes from Samantha on Facebook Live. She says, how do you go from pulling up to stand to standing independently and first steps? My 11-month-old freezes if he's not holding on to something or someone with both hands.
1: Okay, so this could be, obviously it's a developmental stage and babies will develop at different stages. So some babies don't do any of those stages until they're well over one. Um, other babies do them very quickly. Like as soon as they pull to stand, they seem to travel, which is walk across furniture, then then balance and balance step and step to walk within a month. So they're very different. And, but most babies take A couple of months between each of those steps. So they might pull to stand and only pull to stand. And then if they wobble, they fall back down again. So I think in this case, it's not something you can help them with. It's a stage they're going through and just making sure that they feel comfortable. But what I wouldn't be doing is pulling them to stand because it may be out of sequence of their development. So you know how sometimes if you're sitting on the floor you can pull your baby to stand or maybe if you're holding them and you put them on the floor to stand and then you try and walk them with your fingers so maybe they're not ready for that but otherwise they will move through those stages really easily but they do it at their own time so not to worry um and just not put him in the standing position because he may not be ready for it just yet
0: this next question is an email from Christine. She says, "My fifteen-month-old has gone from being a six-thirty p.m. till six a.m. sleeper to waking anywhere from three till five a.m. Her usual schedule was as follows: six a.m. wake, six ten a.m. breastfeed, six thirty breakfast, nine a.m. morning nap, nine thirty awake, eleven a.m. lunch, eleven thirty breastfeed, twelve thirty to one lunch nap." to 3 awake, 3.30 p.m. snack, 5.00 p.m. dinner, 5.30 bath, 6.00 p.m. breastfeed, 6.30 or 7.00 p.m. bed. For the last two weeks, she's been waking anywhere from 3 a.m. and I have been unable to resettle. After one and a half to two hours of attempting to resettle, I bring her into bed with me. Initially, I thought she just needed to be resettled and I've been trying that for days but not getting anywhere. I should also mention her room is at a constant 20 to 22 degrees, so it's not because she's cold. Now I suspect she needs to drop that first nap as she is also getting very hard to go down for the first nap at nine. Should I drop the nap completely or just shift everything back by 30 minutes to an hour? I'm worried that if I drop her first nap and bring her lunch nap to 11.30 a.m., she'll be so overtired that she'll probably only sleep one sleep cycle. Will it be a smooth transition or will there be a few days of an extremely overtired baby at lunch and should I just push her through?" I've also dropped her lunch breastfeed and have attempted to give her cow's milk in a sippy cup. She has never taken to the bottle, but she never seems to drink much. My hope is to wean her off completely, but she's a very stubborn child. Any mm-hmm. tips you could give me would be appreciated.
1: Well, I think you're definitely on the right track. This little lady needs to go into one sleep, um, but she doesn't sleep a lot in the day. She, it seems that she only sleeps for about an hour and a half in the day, and this is the tricky part of it. Because when they transition to one sleep, they sort of need to be able to do it for two to two and a half hours. And I have a little fellow at the moment, he flips between one sleep and two sleeps because he's not the greatest day sleeper. But we're going to give it a try because in essence, that's what fixes the night. So usually what I would do is um, get them down to actually the time frame of a half hour sleep in the the morning. And that's when i start to transition them. So for a couple of days, three or four days, you're going to predominantly stay at home. Um, if she goes to daycare, that's okay because they get dropped off quite early. But we don't want to put her in a car or a pram in or around that nine ten o'clock window because she'll drop to sleep and it'll throw the whole pattern out. We're going to drop that um, 9 o'clock uh, sleep by giving her a snack. So she'll just have a morning snack there. And then you're writing that you should be dropping that midday breastfeed and be on sort of two breastfeeds, one in the morning and one at night. And then over the next couple of nights, uh, next couple of months, you can drop one, say, the uh, morning breastfeed and then you can drop the night breastfeed as, she, as you both feel you're ready for it. To get her into one sleep, you do need to get her till 11.30. Um, if she only sleeps from 11.30 to 1.30, she'll need to be in bed between the 6.30 and 7. But if she makes it past 1.30 in the afternoon and gets between 1.30 and 2, then she'd go to bed at 7 or quarter past 7. So I do think it is the right time to put her on one sleep and it will take a few days to adjust, but it will fix your nights. So let's see how she goes and always happy to help with what might be happening in the day as you transition her.
0: Good luck, Christine. This next question comes from Danielle on our Facebook Live. She says, hello, I've been advised to only breastfeed my 18-month-old two times in 24 hours, and he should be sleeping through the night. I'm not mm-hmm. coping with letting him cry it out and end up rocking him or feeding him to sleep. He wakes twice overnight and is breastfed back to sleep. Do you have any advice in the first steps to help himself settle? He's also not eating a lot of solids. He's up at five to six-ish, has a nap, 11.30 to 1.30 with a resettle, and then is in bed at 7.30 to 8.
1: Right, okay. So the first thing I would do, Danielle, it is right. At 18 months, they actually don't need any sucking feeds, so whether via bottle or breast. But breastfeeding is a very mutual thing between the mother and the baby. And you can go on breastfeeding for as long as you need to, but he doesn't technically need them. So it depends which which way you're coming in. And, and it sounds like it's coming from a place of a mutual agreement between the two, of, the two of you. He should be sleeping through the night. That's right. He should be able to sleep through the night. And it is difficult because if we've been doing lots of rocking our baby and then lots of feeding to get them maybe back to sleep, when they wake at night, to go from that to self-settling is a really big leap in, in for the parents and the child in a way. But the only way you can make that leap is by doing some self-settling, but we need to use it in a gentle way. So let's say the first step I would do here is to recognise that he didn't need any feeds overnight and he could have one in the morning and one at night um, before he went down to bed, but doesn't need any overnight. And then if I was teaching him to self-settle from the the information that we've got from you, I'd probably leave him for a short period to try and settle. And that's the important thing. People think they're leaving their babies as a form of discipline, but we're actually leaving the baby to see if they can do it Um, because we often don't give them a chance. We hear them, we go to them. We hear them, we go to them. And that then becomes um, a pattern of behaviour. So if you want him to self-settle, you have to give him a reasonable window to be able to do that. So he's a big 18-month-old, so I'd probably give him at least three minutes and up to five minutes if he was just crying. But three minutes of crying, if he got more agitated, I'd probably go in. And at this point for the next couple of days, I'd pick him up and I'd rock him to sleep and then put him back down, just to get him, give him the idea that things are changing. Then a couple of days later, I would leave him for maybe three to five minutes. And when I go in, I might lay him down and rock him with my hands. So doing some body rocking or some patting and seeing if he will allow you to do that. So rocking and patting. And then a couple of days later, I'd leave him for five minutes. And then I'd only go in and rock or pat him until he was calm. And then I'd try and leave and see if he could resettle. So by taking what he already knows and slowly changing it into a pat- pattern of self settling will help both of you adjust to doing that
0: this next question comes from nicole on our facebook live she asked this question last week but we didn't get to it so nicole if you're there this is for you my five months old has been having three naps a day with an awake window of two hours 20 minutes but recently he hasn't been wanting to sleep when I put him down for his naps. He just lays there for almost an hour, then may only sleep for 20 minutes. Sometimes he'll just scream and not sleep at all. We have stretched his awake time to two and a half hours, but it's still taking a long time for him to go to sleep, and then he only has a short sleep. Should I change the sleep routine so he falls asleep faster and then stays asleep?
1: Yes, you should. <laughs> So, how do you do that? <laughs> that's the second thing. How do you right. do it? Mm. I personally think um, that two and a half hours is too long if they're not sleeping well. Okay. So, if he was staying awake for two and a half hours and sleeping for an hour and a half to two hours, completely get that. But a five month old is usually on three sleeps in the day. So, you know, two big sleeps and a nap. So, some configure that by doing two. Big sleeps back to back and then a nap in the afternoon. And other people will do a big sleep, then a little nap while they're out shopping, then a big afternoon sleep. So the configuration needs to fit in with your family. But I think the two and a half hours is making him overtired and it hasn't helped. So he's probably overtired when you put him in. And then, so I usually use a window of about an hour and three quarters. Um, because they're not overtired, so they're more accepting of what we're doing. And because he's been stretched out to two and a half, maybe two hours, so we've come halfway between. So putting him down every two hours and then being consistent with the method and understanding that he does need sleep. And by understanding that he does need sleep, well, probably this little fellow will need to go back and relearn how to sleep because he's not sleeping any better by keeping him awake. So what we haven't got or I don't think we've got is how you put him to sleep and that how-to is like the previous question. By understanding how you put him to sleep, we can then start to use that pattern as a form of settling him and resettling him but in a self-settling way. So leaving him for a few minutes, giving him parts of what he knows, leaving him for a few minutes, um, calming him down with what he knows and then forming the sleep pattern. So I know that there's a lot of information in that, but I think he's overtired to start with and we need to actually pull it back a little bit.
0: This is a question from a previous Facebook Live as well. It's from okay. Ariana. She says, yeah. my two-and-a-half-year-old won't eat veggies and I think it's causing constipation. How do I get him at least to try the veggies I give him? He won't even look at them.
1: I don't think veggies cause or lack of veggies cause constipation, but lack of veggies would help because you need more fluid. So he must be eating something other than veggies because most two-and-a-half-year-olds don't eat a lot of veggies. So I'm (laughs) I'm always pleased if a mum could get two veggies into a -a two-and-a-half-year-old, even if they sneak them in in the bolognese sauce or, you know, there's usually one thing they'll eat. So, the constipation is probably coming from somewhere different. So, he might be eating a lot of carbs and a lot of protein, not taking in as much fluid, and that's what's causing the constipation. How you get him to eat um, veggies? Well, if we could come up with an easy answer like that, I think <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have done everything right. So I think at this point what I would be doing is only putting one or two veggies down and making sure that you sit down with him and you've also got those veggies. That's one way. So we're eating, it's what he sees, it's familiar to him, his parents are eating it, um, and that will get him at least engaged in veggies. And then the second thing I'd be doing is hiding some veggies So getting that nutrition into him by making that bolognese sauce with lots of grated zucchini and carrot and mushrooms are in it, things that he can't see that we can hide through it. But it actually takes most children to about three, three and a half before they engage with them. But they have to keep seeing them. And that's the crucial part of that. They have to if they don't see them, they won't eat them. So, how many veggies do your children eat? One, they're tender. (laughs) Do (laughs) that? That's mean. No, actually, well, they're much
0: better now. But they're six and eight, so yeah. Yeah. Well, I did get them to eat broccoli eventually because I just kept dishing it out because I didn't mind. You know how. I think that one of the problems is, I could be wrong, but I I hated wasting food and that's probably why I kept putting down broccoli because I didn't mind eating it if they didn't.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So there's part of that and there's a beautiful um, broccoli and cauliflower cheesy sauce that you could put over pasta that kids would eat too. So one is how do you, at this age, it's how do you sneak it into their diet, but if you don't present it in front of you, they won't eat it. And and I'm sure we have spoken to Jen Cohen, who's the fussy eater doctor, and she says the same thing. You've got to keep putting it down and not substituting food out. So if you've put down potato, pumpkin and, you know, sausage, if he doesn't eat the potato and the pumpkin, then don't swap it out for something else. So they get there, but it is a bit of a struggle at this age. So I'm sure he's doing what every other child is, is also doing at his age.
0: Yeah, I think it's easier if you think about it as a phase because I, yeah. I never thought of it that way. I just thought they were going to be fussy for the rest of their lives. No, so no, they gave in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, they don't.
1: Yeah, no, they come through it, they mature somewhere along the line.
0: <laughs> Our next question comes from Brody. Uh, Brody says My little girl is four months, uh, four next months so four, next month, and she's got a fear of doing poos. She will go a whole week without doing one. She cries and says she's scared of the feeling, so she holds it in. I'm concerned she'll do damage. Is it time to take her to the doctors? Is there anything else I should try?
1: Uh, It could be time to take her to the doctors, but what they will suggest is to probably put um, a stool softener in her food or in her drink so that it's a very soft process instead of a firmer process without creating diarrhoea so there's some good um, stool softeners they're called that at least takes away some of the fear and then it's almost like you have to do lots of reassurance and sitting her on the toilet um, three times a day with her knees higher than her hips so a little stool where her knees come up a little higher than her hips certainly helps and staying with her to reassure her read a book you've got the stool softener going so then she does a poop and she feels good about it it doesn't it doesn't give her those fears and that's going to take a little bit of time and practice but once they've done it once or twice you're away and then you'll be able to reduce the stool softener so most gps or doctors would go along that line and that type of thing to do so we've got to take away the fear we've got to give reassurance we've got to take it to the bathroom three times not keep talking about the poo just say I'm coming to sit with you three times and getting those knees slightly higher than the hips that'll straighten the bowel and much easier for her to do a poop so hopefully those little tips might help
0: and it's not unusual is it Chris for- no
1: not at all not more commonly in the three-year-olds but it can go on for a long long time it's like i'm sure we all know somebody who never went to the toilet at school it's the same sort of things and the child's dancing at the end of the day because they need to go to the bathroom so just take it really slowly and do lots of reassurance and they get there
0: This question comes from Shanae. Please help. My eight and a half month old will not eat solids. So far, I'm only able to get him to eat yogurt. He's also waking through the night still. We put him down at 8 p.m. after having a formula bottle and he wakes at 11 to 12. Then again, around 4 My other two slept through early and ate fine. I've been giving him a bottle at 11, rocking him back to sleep at 4 so that he may be hungrier in the morning, but he will
1: only eat yogurt still. Okay. So there's two things going on. Yogurt is really nice. (laughs) So it's really easy to keep eating the yogurt. That's one thing. And the second thing is, at his age, if he's having one bottle overnight, it will interfere in the way he engages with food in the morning. So if we forget about the yogurt being really nice and we mimic his food in that same textual experience, so that very sort of liquidy puree, then he should be able to engage with eating other foods. It's just that he's full of dairy. He drinks bottles and he eats yogurt. And when it's just it's her third child, yeah, yeah. her third child, it's really difficult to have that time and patience to sit with them. So there's a couple of things: is I would stop his bottles at night, so reduce his eleven o'clock bottle down to fifty mils, and then stop his bottles at night, rocking him back to sleep. So tackle that, then he's got no bottle. I wouldn't start the day with a bottle; I'd start the day with breakfast. Okay, and I would make it like liquidy, not liquidy wheat bix but soggy wheat bix for want of a word, with some fruit in it. And I'd give him some toast and try to maybe engage his finger food, especially with the other kids sitting around and that he sees them eating finger food. So giving them the same food that he's seen his brothers and sisters eat is going to help as well. So I'd start the day with breakfast I'd make it around the consistency of the yogurt and I wouldn't give him yogurt because that's reinforcing. He only gets three bottles a day. So he'd have breakfast when he gets up at, say, 15 minutes after he got up. Then he'd have a bottle an hour later. Then he would have a snack when he gets up from his morning sleep. He'd get his lunch an hour and a half later and he'd get a, a bottle before he went down for his afternoon sleep dinner at 4.35 and then a bottle before he went down in the evening. So I'd get rid of the last bottle, I'd text his food and I'd give him lots of finger food that you were giving the older kids and if that didn't work and start to encourage him to use Um, to suck and swallow and use his mouth and chew then there may be something going on with him but if you can get yogurt into him you can actually get the same type of food into him but if he's rejecting purees that's a behavioral thing okay because he really likes the yogurt but if it's a textual thing you might need some help from a speech pathology to help move those textures on
0: okay a few things there Sinead feel free to Go back and listen to the podcast. It might yeah. help a bit. We've got time for one last question. question, Chris, and this is from Joanna. She says, I would really appreciate some advice. My son is six months old, breastfed, and has always been a good sleeper. He would wake one to two times a night for a feed and would slip straight back into bed with no problem. I would bathe him, feed him, and a, and a little rocking, and he'd go to bed quite easily. The last three to four weeks, this has changed, particularly at night. He's increasingly hard to settle, sometimes won't feed or take the dummy, just cries at me unless I'm holding him in my arms. I can't stand the thought of trying crying it out. He cries in his bed for one to three minutes and I try to settle him with a quick cuddle and then patting but he just gets more and more worked up until I pick him up. Then it can take 30 minutes to an hour before he eventually goes to sleep in my arms. Then he wakes every hour um, after 1am, needing more cuddles and sometimes a feed to resettle again. Please help. How can I get him back to bed and sleeping well? I don't mind cuddling my baby in the night to comfort him, but it's really hard doing it every hour.
1: Yep. But that's what he knows to go to sleep. So this is actually not an uncommon problem where babies that have responded well to maybe a feed or two overnight and slept have become older and much more aware of those cues that we give them to go to sleep, such as the rocking and the padding. And I don't think there's a parent on this, you know, in this listening group that says, yay, I want to do the control crying or I want to do the self-settling. But at some point we've got to give him the chance to settle. So whether he's a little six-month-old that we might do different things with or that big 15-month-old that we were talking about earlier, in a way they have to learn to do it. So we need to take what you're doing and give him the cues to comfort. So four feeds in the day, four milk feeds in the day, two meals, one breastfeed overnight, that's pretty normal, pretty standard for their age. So we have got to take some of those cues. So you start, I think, with rocking. And so, what we would do is make sure we were quite rhythmic about when we fed him and when we put him down so that he can learn this strategy of settling. And we would then give him a rock in the room. So, take him into his room, put his sleeping bag on, dim the room, and start with a little rock. And when he's nice and calm and relaxed, I'd, with a six month old, I'd put him into bed, put my hands on him, and do a bit of rocking. Okay. So, doing a bit of rocking until he's nice and calm and quiet, maybe even some gentle patting. If he gets himself worked up, I pick him up, give him a rock, rock him till he calms down and he's relaxed, put him back in his bed and then body rock. And also remember that you're going to need support to do this because obviously it's that repeated pattern over, you know, three to five days, it's going to teach him how to settle. So make sure that you engage your partner, explain what we're going to do, make sure it's okay with both and use both people. So a lot of women are out there going, I need to do it because. But actually, what COVID has shown is dads are really involved. So, you know, pick a time frame over the weekend to do this where both of you can go through it and and help him to learn to settle. And that I think you're going to see, you're then going to see an improvement in his ability to be settled in his bed with maybe some rock and pat instead of in your arms. Because as he gets older, he will feel himself going down in the cot. He'll wake straight up and he'll need to come back up again. So take a few minutes, jot down what the the sequence you want to do, agree with your partner and do it together over three to four days and you'll see an improvement in what he's doing.
0: Brilliant. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, it's a pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for your questions. If you didn't get an opportunity to chat with Chris and ask your questions, you can still do this through Parent School on the Babyology website. There'll be a link. Um, beneath this facebook live and also in the notes of the podcast chris is one of our experts Um, once you jump online you can check it out and you can book a one-on-one consult with chris which is definitely uh, a lot more in-depth than we can actually do on the facebook live because you can ask chris the questions and she can tailor it to you and your family and get a sense of what you uh, what works for you Uh, so that is still an option if you'd like to try it out Otherwise, uh, we will be back next week. Chris, thanks so much for your time. and It's a pleasure. Bye-bye.
1: Take care. Bye.
0: Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.